الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم هو الأول والآخر والظاهر والباطن وهو بكل شيء عليم صدق الله العظيم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way He created everything in this universe is that everything has a physical look to it and then most of the times the reality that is behind that physical look is hidden from people's eyes. If a person would look at the orange, the orange has its own look from outside. A person who doesn't know how is it from inside may not want to eat that fruit because the way it looks from outside is different. Yes, he may have some other benefits of the skin of it, but the real benefit that is inside, he may be deprived of it because this person doesn't know how is it from inside. The taste of the skin that is outside is totally different than the taste of the skin inside. Not to say than the taste of the fruit inside. Not to say that there is no benefit of this orange from the skin. The skin has a lot of benefit. Has a lot of benefits to it. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have created all of these fruits without the cover on top, then we won't be able to have those type of fresh fruits. I mean, they all will be spoiled, eaten up by insects and different things. And so many things would be affecting the fruit. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts these type of skins on top. And then when you look at these skins, subhanAllah, different type of fruits have different types. Some of them have very thin. And they have their own purpose that they fulfill. And some of them have little thicker than that one. Some of them have it harder. Now you go further and you look at watermelon. And you see that it's thick and hard. And some of them are extremely hard. You have to have something to break it with. So it, different things have different type of skins. These skins are fulfilling their purpose, but at the same time, Every person, as much as he has to know about the skin of it, he should know about inside so that he can benefit from both. He can know how to cut this. He can know whether this can be eaten or not. He can know how to deal with the skin. And then he knows how to benefit from what's inside of this fruit. And this is just a fruit. Everything that you look at has a lot of things that are hidden inside it. And subhanAllah, when you look at this, if a person would just look at this thing here, this creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will be lost just thinking about things that are hidden inside things. For example, so many medicines are being made today from different ingredients of animals. They take different portions of the goats, of the cow, 
or whatever animal that may be. And then they're finding out different benefits of it and using it in all kinds of medicines. And all of these are according to us, these are new findings. This is a research that has been done and people are proud of this research. But subhanAllah, just think for how long these animals existed on the surface of this earth. And people are always benefiting from these animals, from the skin and from what's inside the skin of the animal, from the meat, from the bones. People are always benefiting from it. And not just few benefits. There are so many things that people are doing from it. There are so many things that people are driving from it. But up to this day, you look at these small animals, up to this day, our findings did not end about it. And every day we are finding something new that is in these animals that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has hidden in these animals. After keeping this in mind, now we look at the attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-zahir al-batin. The manifest, the hidden. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He Himself is zahir and batin. I will talk about it in a few minutes inshallah. But His quality of a zahir and batin is such that He created in everything zahir and batin. There is zahir to everything and there is batin to everything. There is outer look of everything and there is reality behind it. As we see in this universe, and then we see this attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala working in all of these things. There is zuhur, which means you see something on the outlook. And then many times, by looking at the thing, you can never figure out what the reality is behind it. And this could be in physical objects, and it could be in spiritual objects. We read the story of Sayyidina Musa والسلام, with Al-Khidr. Without going into too many details of it, but the whole thing is about Zahir and Batin. Musa والسلام, is looking at the Zahir of the action, at the physical action. That look, this is what I see with my eyes. You are killing a boy. Al-Khidr says, I'm looking at the Batin of it, something that is hidden behind it. If a person does not know the button of it, will never be able to understand it and can never take it. With this we can understand that many times when we see things happening in the world and we don't understand them because we have not understood al-Batin subhanahu wa ta'ala. We understood Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only as a zahir, only as we can see with our eyes. But we have not understood Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-batin. That he himself is hidden and he has hidden so many facts behind things. And they're hidden in such a way that by looking at the surface of it, you can never tell what's inside. And this game is everything, everywhere in the world. In everything that you do, everything you see, someone smiles to you, he may be crying in his heart. His zahir is different, batin is different. Someone is smiling to you, but he's full of hatred in his heart. <coughs> zahir and batin. This thing is everywhere. 
And from here, I'm sure all of us can very well understand that you just keep on thinking about this and you will be lost just in this topic of zuhur and being batin, which means something, the look of the thing and the reality behind it. But we don't want to go into those details. We just want to understand that how we need to know the zahir of everything, which means the outlook of everything. Because if you don't know the zahir of the thing, you only try to work on the bottom of it, which means trying to look what's inside. Then when you look at the skin of it, you, you won't be able to recognize it. Someone who have learned all the benefits of an apple. And he have never seen an apple, but he have read so much about the benefits of the apple. And he only knows the apple of the description of the apple from inside, doesn't know the skin. Someone presents a whole bunch of apples in front of him. They all have a skin on top of it. He does not recognize it that this is an apple. Because he doesn't know the zahir of it. So knowing the zahir is important. <coughs> but with zahir you have to know the button of it, what's inside it too. And the real benefit of the thing would be once you know the button. Zahir is only leading us towards the button of it. The physical is leading towards the reality that's behind it. A doctor, a surgeon, is doing a surgery on a person. A person who doesn't know that this person is a surgeon and he's trying to help this man. When he sees this person cutting him, he would say, look, what type of man is he? Why, is he, why does he have to cut people? This is the desire of it, but the bother is that this person is really helping them. He's trying to treat this person. That's the button. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is zahir and button. Now we can see that in everything that we see in this world, there is something behind it. Not only this, to the extent Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith, لِكُلِّ آيَةٍ ظَهْرٌ وَبَطْنٌ Every ayah of Qur'an has a zahir to it and has a button to it, which means something that we can see just by the words of it, Literal meaning, and you can see it. But this zahir should just should lead us to the bottom of it, to the real meaning that's behind it. If a person would just look at the translation and say, I understood the Quran, I understood the hadith, he have not understood it. He have not seen the bottom of it. He have not seen what's inside it. So everything in this world has a zahir to it and has a bottom. But we need to remember one thing. When you want to see something from outside, then it's enough that you see that person from a distance. You can see, okay, this is the zuhur of it. You can see this thing. Okay, I understood. This is apple. By, from a distance, I can tell this is a car. This is a house. This is this. But in order to understand the thing in the reality of it, then you have to get closer in order to understand the button of it. If a person would like to understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-zahir al-batin, then he has to be very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that this person would be able to understand al-zahir al-batin subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second thing is, those people who look at Allah just from al-zahir, which means just at the outlook from a distance, their physical eyes are enough to tell them about the existence of Allah. But if a person would like to understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as al-batin subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
then you need to use your eyes of the batin, the spiritual eyes, to understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what ruh means. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as much as he is a zahir, he is also batin to the same extent. Which means, every being in this world, anything that you see around you, leads you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever we see, the one who put the color in everything, subhanAllah, the creator of the color, we don't realize that these, all of these things could have been meaningless to us if he had not put the colors in it. If he had not created these beautiful colors, everything would have been meaningless. These colors are the thing that are attracting people. This is why one of the poets in his beautiful poetry, he asks people the question. He says, tell me, are these colors more beautiful or the creator of the colors? Then he says, tell me, is this honey sweet or the creator of the honey is, the sweet, is sweeter? And really you see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created all of these things. If he had not created sweetness in anything... If he had not created this taste in anything, animals do eat. They don't mind if they eat grass. They don't need to add salt and paper to it. They don't mind anything. You feed them this, you feed them anything else. You cook a nice food and feed the animal. He's not going to be any happier than eating a grass. That taste is not there. And that tells us that creator of taste created it, but not, did not give it to everyone. He created, he created the taste, but he gave it to some people. And the real taste is still hidden from many people. This is the taste of the batin. In everything there is zahir and batin. The real taste is hidden from many people. We do the zahir of the salah, physical action of the salah. Many times we don't taste the salah from the batin. Inside we don't have feeling to it. And this is why many times we lose attachment with the salah, because the feeling wasn't there. The taste was not there. A person goes to a restaurant... After some time, he wants to go back and he keeps on recommending people to go to that restaurant if they want to eat, have, have a good food. Because of that taste, he got a taste from there. If a person will get the taste of these things, then he would be looking forward to go back to it. Every time I get a chance, I want to run to this. I want to run to the salah because I got the taste of it. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith talks about taste of everything. In one of the hadith, he talks about the taste of iman. He says, iman. A person who would have three qualities in him or her will get the, will get the taste of iman. Man rabba. A person who is pleased to have Allah as Rabb. He is happy. Without going into details of it, how many times we said by ourselves and we felt the happiness in our heart, Alhamdulillah, Allah is my Rabb. I'm so happy 
to have Allah as my Rabb. Man radiya billahi rabba wa bil islami deena. A person is happy to have Islam as his way of life. Taking Islam as a complete way of life and he's happy with it. Alhamdulillah, I love it. I love this deen. Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a nabiyyan wa rasulah. And he's happy to have Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as his nabi and his messenger. Happiness. Being pleased with it. A person sits by himself and he looks into his heart and he celebrates. Just like someone buys something new. You bought a new house. And you feel the happiness. Every time you see the house, you feel the happiness. Look, I got this house. Now this is mine. You bought a new car. And now you keep on looking at it. And you feel the happiness. You see the smile on the face of the person. It's because he is happy to have this car as to, to be his car. He's happy to have this house to be his house. A person who's pleased with Allah, pleased with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, pleased with the deen, with his way of life. He will be looking at these things, he will, he's looking at the book of Allah and he, you see the smile on his face. You see, this, he sees the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in his life and he feels the happiness and you see that this person is happy on something now. You ask him, what did you get today? He says, I got this sunnah. I'm so happy. This is being pleased. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, when a person has these three things in him, in his life, that person will have the taste of iman. And once the person gets the taste of iman, that's it. He got everything he wanted. If a person gets the taste of iman, that person doesn't want anything more than that. Believe me, there is nothing that is more tasty than iman. And a person who gets this taste once in his life or her, in her life, then you present anything to this person. That person will tell you no. I'm not giving up that even for anything because after all, if I go after this, it's because of the taste of it, because of the color of it, because of the beauty of it. But now, after seeing that, I don't like anything, anything more. That's it. Nothing seems attractive in my life anymore because I have seen the real beauty. So this is the real taste of things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created zahir and created batin. This is the batin of iman. There is physical actions and there is the reality behind it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is batin. A person who recognizes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the eyes of his heart. A person who recognizes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from his batin, from inside his heart recognizes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this person now got everything he wanted in his life. And this is of course, for this, the eyes of the zahir are not enough. Even the kafir looking at everything, if a person uses his mind, really can understand the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person will look at any object around him and her, can realize that there is some creator there. Subhanallah. 
everything, everything. I don't even know where to start with and what examples to present, but sometimes I really get amazed when I see animals. We brush our teeth so much. And still after some time, we need some work done on it. And after some time, we lose our teeth. And so many treatments are needed to it. And these animals, they are using them day and night. They don't stop eating. You put the food in front of them, they just continue eating it. With all the dirt on it, they don't even wash it before eating it. And they have no problem with their teeth. They never brush it. They never use paste. They never use any of these medicines. But they are using it throughout their life. They don't fall down. These animals that survive on hunting and eating other animals, their teeth are with them until they die. This is what they survive. And subhanallah, al-khaliq subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-raziq subhanahu wa ta'ala, created these teeth for them in such a way, they don't need none of the things that we need. Why? Why there is that difference there? It tells us that this is not the reality of the teeth that if you don't wash them, they always, they will, they're going, you are going to have problems with them. No, Al-Khalik can create those type of teeth too. But he gave everything, things according to the need, according to the situation of the people. You look at the ears of the animal. For us, how many treatment our ears need? How many cleaning they need? And these animals... They can't reach. Their fingers can't get into their ears. Did you realize that if our fingers, if a person doesn't have no fingers to get to reach his, inside his ears, what will happen to this person? But these animals, they live the whole life. They sleep in dirt. They live in dirt. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created them in such a way. So you look at anything, anything, you name it. And that thing is proving the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That look at different type of ears that everything has. Fish has different ears. Animals that live in the jungles have different. Animals that live with, I mean, uh, with the, in the land with human beings, they have different. And human beings themselves, they have different type of ears. Birds have different type of ears. Everything has different. And everything indicates towards the same thing. That I did not make it myself. I didn't even know these things. I didn't know the benefit of it. I, even, I don't even know what would happen to me if I had the ear of one of the animals. I feel that I may not have to clean it for the rest of my life. But I don't know what will be the disadvantage of it. So, so many things. We don't even know and we have them. And we start comparing them. We don't know the difference and we don't know the benefit. We don't know the loss. But we do have the right ones for sure. And who created these things differently? Of course, everyone, any person, worst kafir, as long as he or she is able to use their brain the right way, they can see that everything is indicating to the same thing, the existence of Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala, that there is a creator. There is someone who's running the system. There is someone who's doing all of this. It did not just happen by itself. This is Zahir. This is all-knowing the Zahir. But for a believer, he has to go deeper now. We realize the existence of Allah. Now we recognize Allah's az-zahir. That look, by looking at these things, I know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
But how about when I look in my heart? Do I feel that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there with me? Do I feel the attachment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is my batin like? And is my batin attached to al-batin subhanahu wa ta'ala? So for understanding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as al-batin subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he's such a batin, as we were looking at it, that everything is zahir. And it looks like you can recognize him by looking at anything and everything. But as much as he's zahir, he's batin too. You can never know who he is. As much as you know him, you don't know him either. Because he is zahir, and then he is batin. And batin can be recognized only through the batin. That recognition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to only human beings. And out of human beings, only those who would use their batin, their inside, their ruh, to attach themselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الرُّوحِ They ask you about ruh. Tell them, قُلِ الرُّوحُ مِنْ أَمْرِ رَبِّي Tell them this ruh is an order from Allah. It came with an order of Allah. No explanation. Why? Why no explanation? Because batin can be understood only from batin, not with these words that are zahir. Our letters are zahir. What are these letters? You start drawing something, becomes a letter. You say this is ba. You said this is ha. You said this is k. You said this is q. What is this? Different shapes of lines. You put this line in a different shape, put it in a different shape, it turns, and you say that this is what it means. But in reality, these words are nothing. All of these words would mean nothing if they don't have meaning behind them. That's the bottom of the words. To animals, these letters mean nothing because there is no meaning behind it. So the real purpose of these letters is what is behind them. The real thing is behind them. Vathin of everything. And these letters that are zahir, words that are zahir, they cannot explain al-batin. If a person wants to understand al-batin subhanahu wa ta'ala, it could be understood only through the teachings of Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam. And the teachings of Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam, when a person practices them, not only when a person reads about them, when you read them, you have learned the zahir of it. A person who learned how to do the salah, he learned the zahir of the salah. A person who falls into the sujood, and he feels, I'm at the doors of Allah. It's different people are expressing their feelings in different ways. Now they are getting into al-batin. And, of course, it's so deep, al-batin is so deep in there, that every person goes to a certain level, and... He gets amazed. I never knew these things are there. You find people and you read about them in the history, in the books of the seerah, in the biographies of the scholar. A person was started, he became Muslim. He started doing the ibadah of Allah. And he found so much taste in it, in the bottom of it, inside it. He found so much depth in it, that he just devoted his life for it. He didn't want to deal with nothing. Some of the Sahaba came to Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, please allow us. We don't want to get married. We don't want to do nothing. We just want to do this. He said, no, no, you can't do this. Zahir is also important. They just wanted to get into the bottom. I want to get deeper, deeper, deeper. I want to go. I want to see how far I can go. 
Any single moment in my life, any single action that is for Zahir takes me away from Al-Batan. He said, no, 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 you can't do that. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As he recognized Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course no one can get that to that level. And we can't even think of it. And still, after going on all of that depth, at the end his words were, I could not recognize you the way I was supposed to. This is what he's saying at the end. Why? Because Al-Batan subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's such batin that you just keep on going and learning more and more and more and getting closer and closer and closer. As he has no hudud, no limits to himself subhanahu wa ta'ala. So any closeness to Allah, any attribute of Allah has no limits to it. If we keep on going, we'll keep on going here. Because has no end to it. I have to come back to remind ourselves why are we talking about this? What are we benefiting from this? Of course, talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always beautiful. Regardless of how we talk about Allah, as long as you talk about the greatness of Allah, it's always something that a believer would enjoy. And believer would love to hear more and more about his Rabb subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the real benefit behind it, once we realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a zahir and he is a batin. So we want to attach ourselves to Allah with our zahir and with our batin. And we want to recognize Allah with his zahir attributes as a zahir, that physical attribute, I see that he's creator, he's khaliq, he did this, he's doing this, everything is being done by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I recognize Allah through that. At the same time, I want to use my batin, my inner feelings, my thoughts that are all batin. And I want to use this for connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now look at this beautiful dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he made this dua about batin, about connection from batin to al-batin subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahumma ja'al wasawisa qalbi dhikraka wa khashiyatak. Ya Allah, make the thoughts of my heart and my mind to be your remembrance and your fear. Which means my batin is so much attached to you that as normally when people are thinking about different things, different type of thoughts go through our minds. And we all know what type of thoughts go through our mind. Most of the time regarding our occupations, about our work, or about our family matters. And if not that, then the effect of the shaitan. This is the normal thing. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is making the dua. Ya Allah, make these thoughts of my heart and my mind to be your remembrance. So these thoughts are continuously going on. Subhanallah, look at Al-Hakim subhanahu wa ta'ala who gave him this hikmah and understanding. He is not saying, Ya Allah, stop these thoughts from coming to my mind. Mind will always keep on functioning and mind has to work, has to think. Eyes, they have to look. They keep on looking. You keep them open, they will look. Mind is awake. He's going to keep on thinking. Rasulullah doesn't say, Ya Allah, stop it. No. He says, Ya Allah, as it functions and thinks about all the kind of strange things and other things that I don't benefit from, make my thought to be your remembrance that in my heart, I feel that my heart is saying, Allah, Allah, Subhanallah, Subhanallah. Dhikrak wa khashiyatak. And my mind is reminding me that I should have the fear of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Now, these feelings is not that I saw someone doing the dhikr and I started doing the dhikr, I remembered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No, this is batin now. He's making the dua, my inner thoughts would become your remembrance. So now, this person doesn't need a reminder from outside. From inside, he's being reminded all the time. So this is batin subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is when we attach ourselves to al-batin subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, is so batin that we can never get to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he is. But as soon as a person just gets a little bit feeling of it, gets a little taste of it, then this becomes the dearest thing and most desirable thing in a person's life. And this becomes the most beloved thing in a person's life that this is all what this person wants to do. Now we can understand why Bilal radiallahu anhu was able to say ahadun ahad, ahadun ahad. What was making Bilal radiallahu anhu say these words? Is not just the literal meaning of it. He came from kufr into the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As he see, saw this deen of Allah, he tasted the deen of Allah. As soon as he came into it, subhanallah, he saw that. There is some taste in it. People are trying to turn him away. Here, we'll give you freedom. You won't be a slave anymore. You will be a free person now. We will give you this. And then he had so many offers. He says, what do all of these offers mean in comparison to what I got from here? I got something from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They want to see it. Show us. What did you get? He said, I can show you. You come in and you see it. You want me to explain to you in words? I can't. I didn't understand it until I came in here. But once I came, you see my situation now. That you do whatever you want and I'm not going to leave it. Let my life go. I can give my life, but not this. I got this now. What is it that you're giving me in comparison to this? Bilal radiallahu anhu did not find anything in this world. Imagine a person in that situation who was considered to be a slave in the days of Jahiliyyah. And there, we also know, I'm sure, that, uh, we have some understanding of how they used to treat the slaves in those days. So this person who is living, by in the hands of kuffar, a life that is worse than animals. They take care of their animals better than they take care of the, care of the slaves. But... Now the very same person after taking the shahada, he is being offered that well, you'll get the freedom, you'll get wealth, you'll get everything that you need. You name it and you got it. You just ask for it. We'll give you whatever you want. Had he was offered these things for anything, for anything in this world, that we will give you anything for, if you do this, we will give you this. I'm sure he would have accepted the offer. But after seeing what he got from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, after this, you're offering me this? What is this? This means nothing. Imagine when Ammar ibn Yasir radiallahu anhu. Ammar ibn Yasir radiallahu anhu, when he was being tortured, when I study his biography, or just it comes to my mind about him, and when I just think of the situation he was going through, there is nothing like it in this world when you think about the torture he went through. When he's being tortured physically, and in front of his own eyes, his father and mother are being tortured. 
And then imagine when that Abu Jahl comes and he beats his mother up in front of his own eyes. And finally to the extent that he kills her in front of his own eyes. If there was anything that could make Ammar think of taking another U-turn, this would have been the situation. Okay, just stop it now. It's too much. Don't touch my mother anymore. But neither the mother nor the son. And not even the husband who's seeing all of these things happening in front of his eyes. Anyone is willing to give this thing up that they got from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For anything that is happening there. And that person kills her in front of her husband and in front of her son. Just imagine, what could be the situation of a son who has seen his mother going through all of this? What must be going through this boy's mind throughout his life? How the husband would feel when someone is touching his wife in that scene, in that way? What was all of this? This was something that is in their batin, inside, their tishman inside. Today, and only a few days ago, really, this, this happened to me two days ago, I think, or it was only yesterday. Someone called me. He says, my son is giving up with deen wa What happened? We always used to discuss salah, salah in the house. So I said to him, you know, go for salah. Subhanallah. It so happened. He went for salah, he was coming back. Car broke down. He comes back to his mother and he says, ma'am, everything I go towards deen, I think I get something wrong in my life. He's attributing his laws towards deen now. A person loses it when there is only zahir on the surface. A person loses that only by a car breaking down. But when it goes, gets into the batin, we see the difference now. When it gets into the batin, then with all of this, and Ammar ibn Yasir, Ammar, Yasir, his, his mother, Sumayya, Bilal, Khabbab, and you name them. And you see their situation. This is what the whole difference is about. The difference of Zahir and Batil. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith. If a person that would come later after the time of Sahaba Ridwanullahi alayhi wa Would spend a mountain of gold equivalent to the mountain of Uhud. Will not get reward that Sahaba would get by spending a handful of wheat. This is wheat, it's only handful. That is gold and is a mountain of it. One person is giving a mountain, one person is giving a handful of wheat. Be just. Be just. Why shouldn't this person get more reward? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is telling us the difference between zahir and batin. That this person is only looking at his zahir, his batin is not that attached to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's getting the reward accordingly. Other person's batin is attached. Sahaba Ridwanullah, the way they got from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
as Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, nor had better attachment to al-Batin subhanahu wa taala than Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. By being with him, they got al-Batin. They got the feeling of what al-Batin means. By that, now handful of wheat is more important than a mountain of gold. Just like sometimes you get ten thousand from a person and you get a flower from a person. Maybe that flower is more valuable to you than ten thousand. Flower stays under your pillow and around you and your pocket. That letter that doesn't worth even twenty cents, you always carry it in your wallet. If you start opening wallets, you'll see a lot of things here. <laughs> so, what is all of this? It's not the attachment to the physical paper, is a button. The heart is attached. Nothing else well used this much anymore. So this is the difference between Zahir and This is the difference between Zahir and Batan. Since the time doesn't allow us to go to another name, so let us just then try to summarize this Zahir and Batan and understand how we can benefit really from it. The real benefit of knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a Zahir al Batan is when as we are using, as we are using our physical body in performing the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the pleasure of Allah for sure, we need to then somehow spend the time and use our batin for the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can we do that? Maybe spend five minutes before you go to bed. And without moving your tongue, just think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is now from your batin you are thinking about al-batin subhanahu wa ta'ala, about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think about the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think about the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we are using our batin. The real purpose of the ibadah of the zahir is that our batin become attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But unfortunately, because our batin is filled with so many other things, there is no room for attachment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hardly we make our zahir, our physical action to fit what we are supposed to do for the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even that we make so many mistakes we know in our souls. So we need to attach our batin to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inside, in our heart. We need to have the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once that will be there, then this person's zahir and batin both will be attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not only physically, we say Allah, we say deen, we say Rasulullah, we say Quran, we say all of these things, and these words are used, and inside there is no attachment to them. Which normally happens. But again, this would come only by practice. By practice. If we will not practice it, believe me, if we will not take it seriously, and we will not practice it, there is no way by reading it, by studying it, we will be able to have that attachment with Al-Batin subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because everything that we read is only physical. This is Zahir. So it will come only when our Batin, and Batin is so deep, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created our ruh in such a way. This is why this ruh is not created from the dust. Anything that comes from the dust is Zahir and is very temporary. 
This ruh comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَإِذَا سَوَّيْتُهُ وَنَفَخْتُ فِيهِ مِنْ رُوحِ When I blow my ruh into this human being. So this ruh that is inside us, that is hidden inside, when this ruh is used towards the attachment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now this person got, got the real attachment. Now this ruh really got the real thing it was supposed to get in this life. Attachment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the scholars raised a beautiful question. He says, if people are rewarded for their good deeds, how come they are going to Jannah forever? Because their deeds were very limited. If people are getting punished for their deeds only, how come they are going to Jahannam forever? And then he answers it. He says, because we are not being treated for only the zahir. We are being treated for our batin. If a person works only on his physical body that comes from dust, then this person have not attached his batin to al-batin subhanahu wa ta'ala, his inner soul to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Since he have not attached his batin, his inner soul to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rejects it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rejects that soul, that this was not attached to me. Once a soul is attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives it a permanent attachment to himself subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that is by being in Jannah. That's the permanent attachment. So it's not because of the few amal we did. It's because a person got attachment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His ruh is attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you are attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you will be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that is the place in Jannah. In Jannah, a person will always have continuous attachment. And a person who detached himself from Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala, so he cannot go to Jannah because Jannah is a place of attachment. A person cannot be in Jannah and still say that I don't attach myself to Allah. So it's because of that attachment that a person is in Jannah forever because he attached his ruh to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when a person broke that tie with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his ruh, is not the physical body. His ruh is not attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So therefore it cannot go to Jannah. And this ruh will not die. So it has to go somewhere else. Dunya is finished. So where the ruh is going to go? It has to go to Jahannam. That's the only place. So the real place of this ruh is Jannah. Because this is where it came from, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the ruh is supposed to be attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once we attach it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I will always keep it attached to me. And in order for this ruh to always be attached to me, it has to stay in Jannah. That is the place of attachment. And this is why in Jannah, this attachment, subhanAllah, this attachment is not that as we got to the, into the Jannah, we got to the highest level of attachment. No. There is something beyond this. We read in the hadith. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, in Jannah every Friday people will be called by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there is a long hadith. The message of the hadith in brief is that attachment, even in Jannah, will keep on increasing and getting stronger and stronger and stronger. There is no end to it. Because attachment is with al-batun subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you can never get to the end of it. These attributes of Allah are infinite. They have no limits to them. They have no hudud. They have no boundaries. So 
Therefore, a person will keep on getting higher and higher and higher and higher. Even in Jannah, a person is getting exalted in his status, in closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in his recognition to Al-Batin subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us his real recognition as Al-Zahir and Al-Batin subhanahu wa ta'ala. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attach our ruh to himself subhanahu wa ta'ala and to his deens and to his prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa lisa'il al-muslimina wal-muslimat wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alamin